Crank family. Merry Christmas! Celebrating the holidays is everything. But this Christmas... I love you! Their only daughter is leaving town. This won't be the same. So Luther Crank got the bright idea to take a holiday. We go away on a cruise and go bask in the Caribbean sun. From the holidays. Well, what's the catch? We skip Christmas. We skip Christmas? No way. Isn't that against the law? But in this town, <laughs> skipping Christmas. Mr. Crane, we're selling Christmas trees again this year. We're not going to need a tree. Is going to be a little difficult. A lot of the neighbors are pretty upset. <laughs> From Revolution Studios. Luther, your face. It's like it's frozen or something. I got a Botox injection today. Total facial movement return in a couple hours. <laughs> he thought no one would notice. Perfect time to put up frosting. They do not get frosting. Free frosting, free frosting. But the Yule Tide. Nora, stop Ooh. the car. Talk to me, Nora. Is about to turn. <laughs> Only 12 hours. We're about to have a Christmas homecoming for Blair. The people in the community stick together. We're having a party. I'm getting the ham. The ham is mine. <laughs> well, the outside is frightful. You really need a tree right now? What do you got left? Just one. Nice tree. <laughs> I guess we do it for the kids. One man will discover. It's the greatest time of year, Luther. That no matter how hard you try. Let's take the real delicate ones and put them on the sofa. Why? That's invaluable. What's it say on there? Baby's first Christmas. For how far you go. You could use an umbrella. No, I don't need an umbrella. You just can't. Try to relax, will you, Luther? Christmas. Tim Allen. I love you, Daddy. Jamie Lee Curtis. Maybe I was wrong about you. Christmas with the Cranks. What are you doing, Luther? Whoa! Easy! Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie. We're part of the Main Amy Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Amy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everyone. Hello. Do you guys have your Frosties up yet? It's it's been up since uh, day after Thanksgiving. Good. I don't mess around, dude. Good, we don't have to stand on your lawn and yell at you. You yeah. can. So it's a hostage situation. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can do that. I mean, I, I'll take it much better than one of the characters in this movie that we're reviewing does. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh. So before we start, Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, starts this week as well. Uh, I think we're. If by the time this goes up, it's probably like third or fourth day. I'm not exactly sure because I don't know which day I'm going to put this up. But happy holidays! <laughs> this is the yeah. the merriest week of the year. Sure, yeah. I mean that fourth week of uh, August is usually pretty merry too. But I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, it we're recording this a little bit earlier. We're putting it up a little bit earlier just so we could have an episode up for Christmas. And we decided. Well, we mentioned it on the podcast last week. Um, and we decided to do that movie as well. Uh, this week we are talking Christmas with the Cranks. It was a special request by Dan Aquino. 
Yay. Oh, man. I just watched the Angel Baby part for like an hour. I thought that's what we were going to be talking about. We're going to reprise uh, Santa with Muscles. <laughs> yep. We're going to well, re-record it uh, completely with me talking through the right mic, uh, which was the only casualty of me being a little inebriated last week. And I am sober today talking Christmas with the cranks. I guess unfortunate. There goes those notes I ask. had. Were <laughs> they the, the drunk Anthony notes? No, on Angel Baby. Uh, well, I had drunk Anthony notes. I, just, I was just going to get you riled up again and see how far I could take you. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Um, where are you coming from it? What are you thinking of it? Uh, let's start with Dan, because he's the one that made us watch this. Uh, I'm coming from a place of anger and hatred. Uh, I, I would be... This this would be my like Sith initiation if uh, we were talking Star Wars. This is what my personal hell is. I had never seen this before, and I was looking for something new to watch. And Jen brought up, "Why don't we watch Christmas with the Cranks?" I like that movie, and uh, I'm now starting to doubt my marriage. Ring in 2020 with a quickie divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's. I mean, I, I think the judge would understand this movie. <laughs> This movie is infuriating, gentlemen. I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I've ever... I, whatever neighborhood they live in should be burned to the ground. <laughs> That's where I'm coming from. Mark? Um, movie-wise, I come from a place of merely indifference. Um, I, I haven't seen this movie before, which I should have seen this movie before. Um, Why? But uh, No, just because I. this is the time period when I watch the good amount of Christmas movies. Okay. Um, like 2004, you know, 2003. Mark's uh, a huge M E M Emmett Walsh fan. That's what. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna That's say. Exactly That's what I was, was like. Uh, oh, the daughter was in. Uh, was uh, had a yeah. three seasons of One Tree Hill. Uh, Julie Gonzalo was in uh, Veronica Mars. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so much digression going on in the beginning of this episode. Um. No, I I I think I know why me and Dan uh, might come from different avenues i may be wrong on this but i'm i'm a lot more um into the whole christmas thing in terms of why you may hate the neighbors i actually like all those little dumb things they were talking about um in there and there were times when i was back and forth uh with tim allen in this movie so um, mark completely sides with the neighbors in this movie this is what we're getting from this conversation this is ridiculous i don't get it (laughs) there are parts that i do i don't get Um, it but yeah, um, yeah, it was just it was a fine Christmas movie. Um, you know, there it, you know, did everything a Christmas movie paint by numbers tries to do, where they uh, have one character go through some kind of you know event or something, and then tries to redeem themselves in the end, um, like most Christmas movies. Um, I think they don't really stick the landing um, with it, but uh, they tried real hard um to do it but yeah so it was like it's a fine movie um if it came on during christmas i wouldn't turn it off okay um i'm probably right in the middle of you guys i am not a huge fan of this movie but this era has brought in movies that i think are much worse i think movies like deck the halls with danny devito and matthew broderick is worse i think four christmases with vince vaughn and reese witherspoon is worse (laughs) yes uh I might say that if people, for some reason, would love this movie, Jingle All the Way might be worse. Oh, come on. 
That's so good. It, I don't think it's a good movie at all. That, move, that movie's great until the yeah. third act. I think the the live action Grinch is a terrible movie. Yeah, I'm indifferent on that. I don't mind it. Um. So yeah, I think I think this movie is annoying. I it, it's it starts off with just scene after scene of just oh well we have to interact with another an other neighbor that is confused of why they're skipping Christmas. And it's Tim Allen being kind of an asshole through most of it. I think I agree with him through most of it. I think they're, I think through, I said 80, maybe like 75% of it. Let's bring it down oh, a little come bit. Come on. Let's bring it down. So th- three quarters of the movie, I agree with him. Uh, that last quarter, I think he goes a little over the top over the edge in terms of being um, empathetic. Uh, but overall, not a huge fan of this movie. Uh, now, you, like, you brought up Tim Allen, and I want to say I like Jamie Lee Curtis a lot. I think she's a phenomenal actor. In this movie, I don't know what the director told her to do. If it was just, I want you to just whine constantly and just go ee the entire time, because that's all she does. Yeah, she's just she's constantly... Yes, and it's super annoying, and it's not like her at all, because she is usually badass. Is this right around the time of Freaky Friday, too, I think? Yeah, it's very I well I feel like be. they're the same character, almost. Yeah, I, probably. I, I don't know. To me... She was trying to make the transition to mom. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know what was going on in her life at that point, but I, I think the director didn't really give her any... I guess just, like, be a... like. Uh, j- just be like an affluent housewife who can't take care of herself at any point and just mm-hmm. buckles under pressure because that's exactly what she does and it's very annoying. There you go. Dan hates Jamie Lee Curtis. That well, no, hold on. <laughs> hold your horses. Nope, there, nope, sir. that's canon now. No, <laughs> I I disagree harshly. I am a huge Jamie Lee Curtis fan. Have Have you guys seen that new GIF? Of her and John Travolta, I guess it was in uh, maybe the 80s when they're in the, the spandex and they're working mm-hmm. out and it's really just hip thrusting. That's yeah. that's not bad. It's not bad at all. <laughs> do you approve? I do, yeah. And that's, That seems like a movie that might wind up on our list one day. I couldn't tell you what movie that is. Neither do I. I'm sure is we can figure a, it out. Is it A Fish Called Wanda? No. No. No? Okay. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's the one <laughs> well, Halloween 2 Everybody knows. truth be told I think what this movie tried to do was I like what it was doing at the beginning just like going because at some point as a parent you're going to have a Christmas alone right where mm-hmm. you, like your kid may go away and they're they're doing their own thing and you're on your like empty nest syndrome kind of thing so I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to just kind of do your for like forego Christmas essentially. And yeah. if the, the entire time I'm thinking if the neighborhood was doing this to me, I probably would have committed a murder because <laughs> it's, it's guerrilla warfare throughout this whole movie. They're constantly being attacked and they, they don't see it coming. So they are never at fault in my opinion throughout the entire movie, but we, we can get into it and we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm hot right now. I'll do, I'll do a slight rebuttal. Um, I think there are a few choices that he makes in this movie that just makes things worse. When he could have very easily have stemmed the the tide against him. And for some dumb reason, he made a choice for very little money um, to not 
do that. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into it. I'll point it out when it comes out in the plot. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah. yeah. Uh, this movie stars Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dan Aykroyd, M. Emmett Walsh, Eric Purcellivan, Cheech Marin, Tom Poston, Jake Busey. It's a star-studded cast. Um, it has an IMDb score of 5.3 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 5. 5? <laughs> That's yes. a little harsh, I think. <laughs> uh, it was written by director of Home Alone, Chris Columbus, based on a John Grisham novel, and directed by Joe Roth, who directed Revenge of the Nerds Part 2, America's Sweethearts, and Freedomland. Had a budget of $60 million dollars. And box office was just about 74, so it made a modest um, profit, but nothing too special. I, I was excited at in the opening uh, credits when they showed that it, it was written by, you know, Christopher Columbus, not Chris, Chris Columbus. Uh, I thought, well, like, oh, all right, well, this guy knows how to do a good Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So I, and again, you know, Tim Allen is obviously no stranger to Christmas movies either. So you have the the making. Of a pretty good movie, you would think. And you'd be wrong, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I mean, that, I wonder what he was, I was doing just leaving that moment. open, but because he, yeah. he didn't direct, he didn't direct it. He just wrote it. So I'm curious if he was directing another movie. Rent good maybe. Question. Rent Rent came out in 2005. Um, so maybe that or Chamber of Secrets came out. See, this was this was nominated for four awards. That's incredible. Oh, Kids Choice Award nominee. That's yeah. Tim Allen. Worst film. There you go. Yeah. Uh, stinker award. <laughs> okay, so nothing good. Well, yeah. well, I, well, kids' choice nominee is not bad. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing he was maybe prepping Rent. I don't know what Rent came. How the difference between them in terms of release dates. I guess people, it was an, a year later. People liked Rent, from what I remember. Did they? That's what I thought. I thought Chris that Col- was. Yeah. Chris Columbus kind of tried, tries to be the. Uh, the new John, uh, whatever his name is. John Waters. John, Not, John, John Hughes? Hughes. John Hughes. Two very different John, people. Who's John Waters? John Waters did Pink Flamingos and Hairspray. That's a great movie. Pink Flamingos? I love that movie. Never seen it. I don't think you did. <laughs> no, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Uh, I, I think though. you would enjoy it. Let's just say that. Well, okay. Well, we're going to talk about it after the recording now because I'm a little confused. <laughs> I don't like feeling this way. I'm gonna yeah. have to. I'm gonna have to search this while. <laughs> while we're gonna we're gonna have to find a midnight show of pink flamingos, and we're gonna go one day. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right after we see cats. Right after we see cats. Uh. Yeah. So, do you guys want to get into the plot? More than anything. Sure. All right. So we're going to take a second to listen to a message from from the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. And welcome back. It's time to get back into the plot of Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, we open up Luther and Nora Crank are waking up early on the Sunday after Thanksgiving to bring their college-aged daughter to the airport. 
She is joining the Peace Corps, which no one really does in real life. And yeah. uh, she is gone for, I guess, a year. She'll be back next Christmas, I think she says. And yeah. they're very sad. They've got empty nest syndrome coming from this on top of the fact that she's probably in college. So just when they thought she was going to be coming home for a while after graduating, she's going to run off to Peru. So Do people go to Peru for the, the Peace Corps. I, I don't is know, that a place is, that is, needs peace? Is the Peace Corps a real thing? I don't know. Yeah, I I've heard about it. I don't know I mean, much about it. I mean, the Peace, <laughs> the peace Corps is also in the uh, incest Folgers Folgers commercial. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I don't know what that means, Mark. <laughs> Is it um, someone, you, someone in a uh, a commercial joins the Peace Corps? There he comes home from the Peace Corps, and then there's some sexual tension between him and his little sister. Are we Look sure up it's incest not a, Folgers commercial. Are we Good sure it's Lord. not like the army? He didn't come home from the army? No. no. Was it say Peace Corps on his bag or something? Yeah, he said something. It, I, I've read a bunch of articles on it because everybody was... They did like a... Uh, What's that called? Um, oral history of that commercial mm. with people involved in it. Who, who does that, first of all? Welcome home, Eric, from the Peace Corps. Now here's a hot cup of joe. And the best part is he smells and he goes, oh, real coffee. Oh. <laughs> when, when, mo- when most of the coffee beans in, a, in the world come from West Africa. <laughs> Man, okay. Well, uh, yeah. But again, anyway, that's good. that's just, that's fiction, though. It's another, yeah. another knowledge, like, again, you're... Your idea of the Peace Corps being a real thing is just another piece of fiction. Like, no, yeah. n- nobody goes in the Peace Corps. I feel like if you're a parent, you probably hide that. So, like, oh, yeah. what did uh, what did Dan wind up doing? Uh, he definitely didn't go to the Peace Corps. I think he went and did drugs somewhere. Yeah, I think he's on the yeah. street right now. Yeah, I think the only evidence I have is if you woke up the law when I think Kennedy made it in the 60s. That's the only evidence that the Peace Corps ever existed. There's no, there's no evidence of him doing anything. They're like the men in black. Yeah. You don't know they exist, but they're there. (laughs) Are they behind Bay of Pigs? Yeah. (laughs) That was the Peace Corps. (laughs) That would explain a lot about the Bay of Pigs. (laughs) So, uh, back to the movie at hand. This is not a movie about the Peace Corps. Or Pink Flamingos. We're not talking about Pink Flamingos. On the way home from the airport, which I guess takes all day, because they wake up early, drop her off, and then it's nighttime when they leave, when they get to um, the market. Because uh, Nora needs a couple of supplies, some chocolate, some other bullshit things in the grocery, and it's pouring. And Luther's like, "It's pouring. I don't have an umbrella. Can't we do this some other time?" And then she threatens to go out and get it, as a woman would do. And then he's just like, "Never mind. I'll go do it, even though we're being irrational." I think. The obvious answer would have been there's an awning there, right, where the, uh, the 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 sweet shop is. Just you know, like pull around to the other side of the uh, the street instead of parking yeah. across the street. Drop off Nora, and then you know drive around until she's ready to come out. Problem solved. Yep. This is this is just Tim Allen just not being irrational. Yes. It's not yeah, thinking it's, things through. This goes on throughout. I, I guess this is a precursor. To how the rest of the movie is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's and, every, every little um, theme in this movie sort of plays out in this little scene here, um, because you get the part you're talking about with you know their dynamic, and then you have you know the uh, 
you get the Christmas magic thing with the um, Santa with the umbrella um, right before rain comes down on him. And then you get the uh, thing where you find out that he's kind of cheap, you know, because first thing he says when he gets in the car, when he finds out, you know, uh, that the daughter calls from the airport is, you know how much that cost? Right. It wasn't cheap back in. I, it, yeah. it was pretty expensive yeah. to do that back in the day. Yeah, but it's like they, you know, they set everything in motion in in this little in this little couple minute scene here. Sure. In in this movie, Luther Crank is like my spirit animal because <laughs> he he's cheap. He wants to be left alone, and he just wants to go to a tropical location. And I don't <laughs> think that's a lot to ask. <laughs> I t- but he has good reason for why he wants to go on the cruise, first of all. And it, it's it's like it's a good reason. But at the same time, it boggles my mind why that's why it comes up. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to get I want you to say it. I don't I didn't want to give it away or anything because I know we're, we're sort of close to it. But sure. I, I think I realized yeah. why we, we might be on opposite sides of this here, Dan, is because um, I spend way too much money <laughs> around Christmas time. Um, I don't like beach vacations. I would rather go to a, a city or something. Um, and also, I, I don't know, I like to be left alone too. Well, but, okay. l- let me say that, like, during Christmas time, I do spend money, but I don't spend money in the way that Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis's characters spend money, apparently. Sure. Because this is like, money's going out of style for them. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, if I had that money, I'd probably rack up almost the same bill around Christmas. <laughs> I would kill you if you did that. <laughs> I, that I'm would being give me so here. much anxiety. <laughs> it's giving me anxiety right now thinking about you doing this. Uh, so uh, it starts to pour. Um, the Santa outside selling umbrellas keeps telling him that he really needs an umbrella. He gets soaked anyway. Regardless, he has to go back in twice to get the right chocolate because he didn't talk to the right person and whatever. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't talk to the butcher about chocolate. So he has to go back in and get there. So he gets reasonably soaked to the bone. Um, And that through there, he kind of gets an idea. He sees a uh, advertisement for a cruise vacation. So he goes to work next day, starts crunching some numbers. Um, There's a little montage of him just racking on his adding machine. It now, comes I, up may, with, I may have missed this just before you get into it. Is do they is he an accountant or a lawyer? I think he's, I an, think accountant. he's an accountant. Yeah. Okay. He's got the the accountant adding machine. So okay. I'm assuming he's yeah. They never they never really say. They just really kind of say, Oh, his business and yeah. right. making partner. Well he was a partner, that's right. No, so that could be either. He didn't. Because M um, Emmett Walsh says, Thought you'd make partner by now. Oh that's right. So maybe he, I don't. Maybe he works in a a law firm as an accountant. Does do they make partner? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's got to be a money man. I, I guess. Know. I feel yeah. like that. Like I feel like a CFO wouldn't be like a partner at a law firm. It could be right. like a partner, like an ad agency though. Okay. Something like yeah, that. That could be it. Yeah. Which is very it's, possible. Yeah. It's generic business number sixteen. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's where it works. <laughs> I love that business. <laughs> I'm off to business. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do um, the work. So he does a whole bunch of adding, and he comes up with $6,000. Um, we find out later, because he goes home to his wife, 
and he tells her he has a surprise for her. She thinks he's where they're about to go to Pound Town, even though it's not Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, but really, he's got an idea of how they want to, uh, that he wants to spend Christmas. Um, he says that he wants to take a cruise because they spend over six thousand dollars every year on Christmas. Oh, jeez. That makes Dan uneasy. My heart sinks when I hear that number. <laughs> Who spends that much money on on one one day or one yeah. month? Ugh. That's I guess it's like for decorations and gifts and parties. Putting party putting together a party probably cost them close to a thousand dollars. Yeah, the, I, I even if I had that money, I wouldn't and, spend that much money. And the the Christmas cards and invitations and all. Yeah. Yeah, that's absurd. Even spending when he says that yeah the the uh, the cruise is only three thousand dollars. Even that's a lot of money for for me. But <laughs> Dan's like, man, spend that's where they lost you. Three thousand yeah. dollars for a cruise? Forget that. <laughs> with, with cruise prices these days, for two people, you could probably get it at least fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, I'd say. You're like, you sit sit at home with the lights off. You you could pocket all those six thousand dollars. <laughs> You'd be retired by now. A fifteen hundred dollar cruise comes with a side of norovirus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a strong chance that the, the toilets might overflow, but you're saving a lot of money. <laughs> I just when I, I don't think anyone in there. Well, not anyone, but most people are never going to spend that much money. Six thousand dollars. Right. That's like a one percenter type of thing. Yeah. When I made the admission earlier, I don't think I think where most of her money that I wouldn't spend is she probably goes top of the line for the Christmas cards and the invitations which could be a good chunk of that money well yeah albie like is the yeah. most aggressive of all the yeah. people in the town he yeah. comes sprinting out of his stationery store to ask her yeah. about her christmas cards yeah yeah i that that's where i would save most of my money on that but in terms of doing the party and the decorations and all that i i yeah, if i had the means you know again we, again i'm right in the middle of the of the both of you on this <laughs> so so we're when you say that, where do you what do you mean? Like you wouldn't spend the money, but I wouldn't be bending over backwards to justify spending six thousand dollars on Christmas like Mark is doing right now. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> right, Mark. What do you? I mean, come on, dude. Come on. With... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's different when you have kids. Uh, a kid each could probably cost you a, a grand to more than that for Christmas. But they have an adult daughter who's going to the Peace Corps. They're not going to be spending that much money on her that year. Quote yeah. unquote the Peace Corps. Yeah. Peace Corps, a.k.a. shacking up with some dude in Peru. <laughs> That's 100% just what it to, is. Just going to Peru Pound Town. <laughs> it's probably like the Olympic Village down there with the Peace Corps members. They're just, just handing out giving, condoms. They're just swapping STDs left and right. <laughs> well, like, that's another part of this movie that's really weird. It's just like how horny Jamie Lee Curtis is. Oh, yeah. I, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe it's because they're in their mid to late fifties. I'm well, assuming she's got, she's got yeah. that mom haircut and she's got that Christmas yeah. like vest the sweater, on. Sweater, yeah. There's nothing sexy about Chris, Jamie Lee Curtis in yeah. at that moment. And and Tim Allen wearing you know Hawaiian shirts and he's yeah. not you know he's definitely not something to look at either. But it's it's just creep town, man. Yeah. It's just very a like it goes from asexual to sexual like a little. It's like it's like whiplash. It's like, yeah. it's like these people, they dress the way you would assume people that don't have sex dress. 
Like she doesn't even think about it. She got that right. bowl haircut that she probably gave herself. Right. She, she gave up that. on ha- she gave up on doing this 25 years ago. Yeah. She got that Christmas vest on that's like knitted it myself. Yeah. Super and then tacky. she's just like, ooh, it's it's not even Saturday. Let's do it right here on the table. Like, ooh, <laughs> whiplash is just strong on that one. <laughs> right. And and also it's a Christmas movie. So right. you're not I don't think you really should have that in a Christmas movie. Yeah, even if we didn't really get a sense that Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase were fucking in the in Christmas Vacation. Not at all, and they've done that in prior Vacation movies. Yeah. I think in the two prior ones they've done it. Yeah, or and they've alluded Vegas to Vacation. She gets that's all right. horned up for uh, Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton. That's right. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that? Oh, uh, that was Tom Jones in I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's Tom Jones. And uh, I wanted to say earlier. When you mentioned, um, uh, what, what was it with Danny DeVito? Deck and the Halls. De- I, for a moment, I thought that was this movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, Christmas with the Cranks. That's the movie with Danny DeVito. <laughs> so it was, I was like all fired up. Why <laughs> <laughs> was I wrong? No. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's similar. It's yeah. very, very yeah, similar. It, and I, also, I hate Matthew Broderick. So, so do I. Yeah, I, I think he's just a bad, bad person. Oh, yeah. Well, he murdered somebody. <laughs> right. right. People at work don't understand my hatred for, for Matthew Broderick. Like, well, he got away with murder. So <laughs> that's exhibit A. Yeah. Godzilla 1998, exhibit B. Just... <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you could swap them out. <laughs> Godzilla Dan, is A. Dan, don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, <laughs> don't get me started on that whole thing. You, I know you're trying to bait me. All right, Mark, and we're not doing it right now. Sticking to Christmas with the Cranks, goddammit. Mm-hmm. So uh, Luther's whole pitch is that they spend $6,000 on Christmas every year. If they skip Christmas, go luxury cruise, they'll only be spending $3,000. So they'll be saving money um, and going on a cruise. You know, uh, Blair's not supposed to be home for Christmas. It's not going to feel the same. So might as well start a new tradition. It's basically what his point is. And it makes a lot of sense. I'm not saying he doesn't. Makes a lot of sense. And she's and her only hang up is that he doesn't want to give any money. He doesn't want to anything to do with Christmas. He's not spending on it, including which he eventually caves um, charitable donations that they give to the church and the children's hospital, I think. Yes. Um, Eventually he caves because it's only 600 bucks. Um, So they still a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money to give to it. I mean, anyone church specifically. Yeah, uh, um, unless if it's a extra life campaign, um, <laughs> sure. URL dot com slash extra life. The uh, if anything, if you told me that they were giving six hundred dollars to the children's hospital, that's fine. You throw the church in there, and it's like, all right, well, come on. Well, if they're splitting it three hundred, three hundred, then that's still really good. Yeah, yeah well, so it might be. Yeah. So. Again, anything over like fifty bucks to me is like awesome. So. <laughs> If, if you're giving away more than that, I think you're a saint. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just me. The, uh, I, I will say, like, last week, how Angel Baby was your thing. Mm-hmm. Money is my Angel Baby. <laughs> there you I'm, go. Just going, I'm going to be fixated on money this entire episode. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, so they eventually, they eventually come to an agreement that they'll do um, their char- charitable donations. So she agrees on the cruise and then they go to pound town uh, yeah 
Yeah, she jumps his bones. She jumps his bones. Um, at work the next day, Luther uh, writes and sends out a company-wide memo, uh, basically saying he's skipping Christmas. Don't expect any, uh, you know, Christmas gifts from him. Don't expect him to attend any Christmas parties. He is officially skipping Christmas. Um, then we get Nora. She's going to go to lunch with her friends. And she gets accosted by a stationery store manager regarding her Christmas cards and invitations. Excuse me. And he said, and she says that you know they're skipping. They won't need either of them this Christmas. So he follows her to lunch, and she has her lunch with Caroline Ray and recent jailbird Felicity Huffman. So that's two people that have been to jail in this movie. <laughs> there you go. I, I just get really annoyed that people make. When they say that they're not observing Christmas, it, it's like they're attacking their mother or something like. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, oh my, are you serious? It's yeah. like an atrocity towards mankind that you're not doing this. Like, relax. They're not doing it this year. It's okay. Yeah. There's always next Christmas. It's Christmas isn't time. going where. 2004 was a different time. I think it was like skipping Christmas would have been like un-American in a time where oh. it was you Uber couldn't be un-American in 2004. We were still recovering, I guess. Yeah. So 9/11, Allen, different time. Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis not celebrating Christmas was like the terrorists win. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're voting for a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of um, the, the, a lot of my problem with Tim Allen in this movie is there's there's a couple things where he could have just went through the motions for Christmas and just saved a lot of headache and still went on the cruise and saved money. It was the principle uh, of the thing, though. Yeah. But... Which I don't know why. Like. Yeah, I'm like, ah, There's no breaking point for him, really, is there? Like, he decides that first time because he, he gets wet, really. He gets down, he gets soaked in a downpour. And that's, that's the, that's the point where he's just like, you know what? Why don't we skip Christmas? Because he sees the, but there's been no, there's been no point where we've seen him getting fed up with the stuff that he has to do for Christmas. Just like, oh, he ran in and he got wet. So it's like, ah, oh, well, then he sees the, the poster and then he's like, oh, well, just, let's do this instead. So I think that would probably make a little more sense if, like, we see him going through the stuff that he has to go through every year. And then he's just, and that makes him fed up. Like, getting mm-hmm. rained on isn't really part of the thing. Sure. Um, but I, anyway. And also, I, I will say he does go to great lengths throughout this movie to not do anything Christmassy. I don't think it would have been wrong to maybe do a little decorating here and there. Right. You know, just to just because you're not observing Christmas doesn't mean you like, you can't do some things. You know what I mean? Like it's not not I don't think it's too much to maybe put up a little like a wreath or whatever. I, I don't know. But that's he could have saved a lot of heartache if he had just done a couple things here and there. Mm-hmm. It seems like all he had to do was just let him put let them put up Frosty. That would be the right. That would be the right. major. They issue. even offer. We'll do it for you. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> hey, yeah, go nuts. Don't fall off my roof though, because don't fucking sue me, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I want this in writing. <laughs> I know about people falling present. off the roof before. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, that tickled me a little bit. That was good. <laughs> um, got me so in the Christmas she, spirit. Yeah. So she makes the announcement at lunch to Caroline Ray and. Uh, prisoner number 4705 um that she is not doing <laughs> just this year and they do not take it well nobody takes it well in this right. movie again it, it's like an affront to god yeah 
Uh, it's very silly. I, I don't think. Do you think there's a town out there that would, outside of a Hallmark town, that would do this, react this way? Yeah, probably. Yes. Like probably one of those like gated communities that have like light competitions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it would have like, to be something really like white that. people, really white neighborhoods probably. Like there's like one like really strict uh, homeowners. Yeah. Like president. Yeah. Who's just all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's essentially what Dan Aykroyd's character is supposed to be. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Like he's the unofficial, but he's more of the unofficial. Official. Yeah. Yeah, he's got no power, no real power. <laughs> That's what I would tell Jim. Like this, he he holds no sway over anything. He's yeah. just a very popular guy for some reason. They all know he made Ghostbusters. That's why. <laughs> you're the guy who did Ghostbusters. That's right. <laughs> oh, you're our new mayor. Okie dokie then. Uh, have some vodka. <laughs> Ghosts are real, bro. <laughs> Ghosts and aliens and all that fun stuff. He's he's a dickhead in this movie. <laughs> he is. And then he they is. make him out to be like the nice guy. Yeah, uh, he makes the, he he brings it all together. Yes, yeah. but in the worst way possible. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Him and Tim Allen are are both ah, villain would probably be too far to go, but they're both unlikable. They're in this movie. They're they're opposite faces of the same coin. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it, whenever they meet, it's always like a dick measuring contest. Yeah. And they're they're both uncompromising for the opposite like stance. And, yeah. Yeah. Like Tim Allen is uncompromising in his willingness to annoy everybody in order to not celebrate Christmas. And Frohmeyer, played by Dan Aykroyd, is uncompromising in his pursuit of getting uh, Frosty from Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis put up. To, to be fair, I'm going to side with Tim Allen on this Frosty issue. That Frosty is hideous and gargantuan. That yeah. thing is a monster. I was thinking that it's probably just going to fall right through the roof. It, it, it's Why would you put it on the roof? Put it on your uh, your lawn. Yeah, it just that seems thing like... has no business yeah. being up there. That's a potential. That could crash on someone's house yep. through someone's window. But then you couldn't have any comedic moments in this movie. That's fine. I'm willing to sacrifice that. <laughs> quote-unquote comedic moments in this movie. Right. Um, that looks so, good on paper. Yeah, the next scene, Boy Scouts come to the house. They're trying to sell a Christmas tree, like which is a great service, by the way. Yeah. You tell me that like people and, come door-to-door to sell you a Christmas tree? That's perfect. And, and they and, gave him a pretty good tree. Yeah. yeah. And here, here's the first moment where, you know, he starts to lose me, you know, from here. It's like, it's, it's I know 90 bucks sounds, you know, like a whole bunch but it's the boy scouts they come around and give the tree every year just give them the 90 bucks and even like jamie lee curtis's character says just throw it in the yard no nope. like you don't have to put it up i'm not agreeing with that 90 dollars far too much for a tree <laughs> so basically Absolutely ridiculous so you so your stance on this movie is really just about spending the money correct so you're but that's do- why tim allen is my hero in this <laughs> uh all right well i'm but in the end, doesn't he probably spends more money? He does. He spends a lot of money. He spends the the three thousand on the trip, yep. and then whatever it takes to get everything decorated and yeah. you know taken care of. So he probably spends probably nine grand. Yeah. Right. If you're just doing the simple math of the six thousand dollars for the holiday season and then the three thousand dollars for the right for the vacation. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not crazy to think he doesn't spend nine, maybe ten, because yeah. everything's more expensive now since it's right. Christmas Eve. Uh, 
I think I, it's not even the money thing, really. I just feel like everyone's really taking advantage of Christmas in this movie, money-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is super-duper expensive, even before they get to Christmas Eve, and then they're in, like, rush mode. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one of my problems, is that Christmas isn't taken seriously to the point where it's like, oh, you know, it's really not about the, de- the decorations and the parties. It's all about just the spirit. And it's it's over commercialized and all that in this. It's everything's money. So I think that's more the reason. But the absurd amount of money that everyone spends is probably the peak for me. So that's where I'm coming from, I guess. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, so the denies them him buying it. And Vic Frommeyer catches wind of everything going on. So we mentioned he's sort of the unofficial leader of the neighborhood. Uh, the next night, he kind of has a conversation with Luther. Uh, Luther basically tells him to get off his back. He's not celebrating Christmas this year. And then Vic kind of takes that under advisement and just tells him it's a uh, perfect time to put up Frosty. Weather's going to be nice next couple of days. So we find out that this Frosty thing is kind of like a neighborhood-wide tradition. They all have these 12-foot Frosties that they put up on their on their roofs. They look like they're entirely too big to be on people's roofs. Uh, they probably weigh like close to a thousand pounds, it seems like. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Luther is not having any of it. Um, so then we get uh, Luther has a scene talking with uh, the neighbors, Walt and Bev. We find out that Bev is sick, probably has cancer of some sort. Uh, yeah. We do find out it is cancer. They do name it of cancer. Um, it's and, just generic cancer. Yeah. And Walt is kind of... Uh, antagonizes uh luther played by M- emmett walsh uh, who also played tim allen's father-in-law in home improvement so there you go oh i did not know that that's a nice little uh tie-in yeah so uh luther goes to work everyone at work gives him shit because he's skipping christmas his secretary's uh pissed off she's not getting a gift this year which is like you know understand materialistic i get, but I get I guess it. understandable i'd yeah. be kind of pissed off if i was expecting like a a gift for my my boss sure but i i I think it's one of those things where it's expected but the way she reacts is really Mm -hmm. terrible you know it it, she acts like a very excuse me she's acting very stuck up and pompous about it Mm -hmm. you know so it's not it's one thing to expect a gift but it's another thing to expect expect it not get it and then act the way you do yeah so that it's really it's more on her than it is Tim Allen at that point, I think. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Mark? I was going to say this is this is moment number two where I think he could have saved a bunch of grief for himself. <laughs> is just give out the bonuses like he does every year. Well, he, that he's, was the not, he's not holding off bonuses for anybody. He's just not getting no. gifts. Right. Because okay. she, she mentioned Well, the way she around. reacts sounds like a bonus. No, she, she goes, I guess I'll get the cheap thing this year. All I think she says, says. I think she says something cheap perfume because my I had to order Walmart called said that I had to order the cheap perfume myself because you're somebody's not celebrating Christmas this year. Right. So okay. I think I, he would buy her perfume. Yeah. I okay. I if he's if he wrong. was withholding bonuses, then he's then the villain he, of this movie. Yes. One hundred percent. Because then because then he turns into Brian Doyle Murphy from christmas vacation right yeah, yeah. exactly it, uh, i probably misunderstood it because i probably conflated that the first secretary calls him scrooge mm, and then mm. 
you know, and then she complains about cheap perfume. And I just took that as the bonuses. Maybe she meant that, you know, he usually gives her a gift like that. Okay. I can see it being wrong here. I'll admit Every, Everyone turns on uh, Tim Allen super quick. Yep. <laughs> right at the beginning when he, he goes into, he goes into work. Everyone's like, oh, hey, Mr. Luther. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, big guy? You know, they're giving each other finger guns and everything. It's everything's a okay. And then he says he's not going to celebrate Christmas. And then the next day, it's like people are spitting at him. It's yeah. It turns into King's Landing. Where I think it becomes one of those <laughs> everyone's things attacking where him. I think it becomes one of those things where if he would have just if he would have said it verbally. Yes. More than the letter, you know, the, maybe the letter maybe came off very, ho- uh, very like hoity-toity. Like, yeah. Look at me. I'm not. I have to send an official memo. And I'm like, well, why can't you just send an email? Right? Emails existed back then. Yeah. <laughs> I just, but even hey, if you listen, went up to his secretaries and, you sure, know. Sure, sure. Absolutely. It would have went off a lot better. I think so, too. Like, you, you give that Tim Allen charm, you know. Like, yeah. hey, secretary, I'm not getting you any blow this year. <laughs> Sorry about that. Or, you know, whatever he what was, a blow he was doing. He was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you live and you learn, I guess. Next time he doesn't celebrate Christmas, he'll do it uh, orally. There you go. So, uh, Vic in the neighborhood, uh, stalk Nora, asking for Frosty, standing outside their uh, their lawn, just saying, basically, give us Frosty, and we'll put it up. You don't have to worry about it. It'll be off your plate. Don't worry about it. We just want Frosty. Um, so she calls Luther to tell him this going on, and he's like, well, don't give him a Frosty. Get out of the house. Come meet me. We'll have lunch at the mall. Um so she tries to escape. Vic accosts her as she's trying to leave. She's trying to run alongside her car. Eventually, her, his like gloves get stuck in the wind window as she rolls them up, and she drives off. So they have lunch at a uh, Irish pub at the at the at the mall, and Luther shows off the bathing suits that he bought for both of them, and he offers to. He says they're not for the cruise, therefore the tanning salon they're going to go to. So they go to a tanning salon where Luther knows the attendant for some reason it's never explained yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a red flag yeah. <laughs> and she gives them both some serious attitudes um yeah. Yeah. and it, it reminded me of the uh Laureline lumpkin and uh mm. yeah how like oh yeah you you know this person and uh jamie lee curtis is just like grinding her teeth in the background we're <laughs> <laughs> picking up some weird interference yeah <laughs> Mark, were you gonna say something? No, my 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 point was, uh, I'll go to it. You're gonna get right to it. I say the one thing that I do respect a lot about Jamie Lee Curtis is that you know she let this bikini thing that you know was meant to be a joke and be a little small on her actually be that. You know, she played mm-hmm. it for the joke there. Sure. Um, which you know I I guess is when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, good. You know. Some people would have read the joke, understood the joke, but like, I'm not showing my body off like that. Right. And she still went for it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. She's I, I don't think it was a good pro. idea still, but, you know, that's just yeah. me. Uh, okay, so they both go in to get tan. Nora goes in to get tan. She lays down in the bed. Out of nowhere, David L. Lander shows up. Squiggy <laughs> from Funland yeah. shows up out of nowhere and, like, Walks in on her, yeah, so she gets startled. She hits her head, and she gets a cut on her head. So th- he's like the only person from this movie we've ever done another movie about. But he shows up out of nowhere. He's there for three seconds, and then he's never seen again. Probably uh, for the best. 
Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I guess he's playing some sort of slow person, which isn't very... All other thing. Yeah, isn't very woke. Oh, and there's also a reference to an Irish pub having fish tacos that I think was Tim Allen trying up some stand-up in his, sure. in his thing there that just was like, ah, this is squarely 2004. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a perfectly 90s premise right there yeah yeah uh so she gets a cut on her head she goes out to the lobby to get some sort of band-aid or something to stop the bleeding and while she's standing there in her bathing suit uh a priest comes in the the local priest i guess yeah. come in he's shopping in the mall and he takes his time to ogle her and you know ask kind of her, a pervert so he's yeah. probably Catholic. Yeah. It's a little, it's, she's a little old for Catholic priests. Uh, I just, I just and, like this entire time. I, I just, I like this entire time. Jamie Lee Curtis has a head wound and they're, they're stopping her from staunching the bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> like clearly like, she's, she has, you know, she could have a concussion or whatever, but no, we need to really grill you about not celebrating Christmas this year. Exactly. It's like, uh, we could deal with that later, but about Christmas. Right. Oh, you, you have a head wound? No, that's not that important. You'll be fine. It's just a little scratch. Meanwhile, it's just bleeding all, all over the place. Yeah. You know who had some real wounds? Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> oh, did you know he died for your sins? Oh, yeah, you heard about that. Yeah, we're story. just celebrating yeah. his birth this this season. It's all. Right, yeah. That's all we're I mean, doing. You know. You know, it's whatever. You know, he's he's only the king of men. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, that that stupid thing. You you want in with his uh, his dad. You should celebrate Christmas. That's what you got to do. It's uh, it, I I didn't like how. First of all, I didn't like the getups that they were wearing. But second of all, I didn't like how they were being just yeah, like you said, ogled for mm-hmm. being. T- it was a very creepy scene overall. Yeah, yeah and uh, I I'm assuming the outfits were supposed to be a callback to the poster for the cruise. They're the exact same bathing the suits. The exact same bathing suits? Okay. I didn't that remember that, nor rewound it. But mm. I did not yeah. know that. Yep. There you go. A little trivia for you. Uh, so, uh, after this whole fiasco, they make the town front page. I guess nothing really happens in this town um, yep. about them skipping Christmas. So, uh, they are not happy about that. Walt... Um, I guess uh, the Luther goes to confront Walt because I guess he let a photographer um, take pictures uh, from the roof of his house. Yeah. Uh, but Nora yeah, goes to the Salvation Army, uh, where I guess she volunteers with Caroline Ray and her prisoner buddy. Uh, <laughs> Caroline Ray shows up and tells her that Bev's cancer is back, and then Luther is having this com- conversation with Walt, with the photographer, and that's where Nora comes by to tell him she's sorry to hear about Bev. Uh, that night, two cops show up to get donations for the PBA, and they're offering their uh, their calendar that they've posed for, played by Jake Busey and Cheech Marin. Real quick, yeah. When when they say that uh, Walt's wife has cancer, I legitimately thought they were saying that to keep the cranks there, and mm. that to me, I think that's super telling about this movie, where. <laughs> Where a town would play that a woman has cancer just so these two people can stick around and celebrate Christmas. Right, but that's not what happened. <laughs> right, but, but it, don't you think felt that's like this was a movie that could have happened. Yeah. Correct. Don't tell me that yeah. you didn't think that as well, or I, that it I, was impossible. I didn't think that 
it was fake or the town uh, wanted it to, I thought it was going to be the writer's way of making them change their mind. And I thought which it was is, going to be an easy way out. Which is essentially, I guess, what happened. But not, with not, the way... No. Well, the real, re- the real thing that changes their mind isn't, well, it, has it, nothing to do with the cancer. What changes Tim Allen's mind? Jamie Lee, Curtis is, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is all in on another thing. But anyway, regardless, the way that the town reacts to them it's really not out of the realm of possibility that the town would band together and say, yeah, Bev has cancer. Like, oh my God, we got, we have to stay now. This could be Bev's last, last Christmas. So it's not crazy to, for me to think that. And I think that's really shitty of this movie to make me think that way. Uh, so they refuse to, he refuses the calendar purchase. So uh, they tell, the cops tell Walt about this and then Walt uh, tells some cal- carolers that all the cranks need is a little Christmas cheer. They're not Jewish or anything. Because the carol's like, hey, do they celebrate Christmas? Like, yeah, they usually do. They're home. Go give them a little Christmas cheer. Yeah, and again, he could have just given the cops some money and all this would have... Those happened. are the people you definitely give money to because then yeah. they'll just make your life a living hell. Yeah, yeah. which is what J- Jamie Curtis brought up, you know, when the carolers come out. Yeah. It's like, what, do you want to have them arrest it? Well, you should have thought of that before you didn't donate for the calendar. That's that's just extortion. Yeah. Bullshit. Again, <laughs> yeah. you know, cops are not in in our series of movies. The cops are not showing showing up as good guys. Do they often though? Right. They they usually show up as corrupt or just yeah. like pretty much mindless. Like they're, like, they're incapable well, it, of doing the smallest thing. Well, I think in most Christmas movies, you know, if a cop's involved in it, he's usually a good cop. Apparently well, not. Mean, not the ones we watch. Even in the Santa Claus, the cops there are pricks. And yeah. like the one guy is eating a donut, he's fat, he's lazy, and he gets captured by kids. So they're just buffoons. They're not usually. kids. Oh, they're they're elves. elves with attitude. God. It's <laughs> a good point. I'm just I'm thinking of them they're as actual his worst kids. nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong. I'm sorry. I re- <laughs> retract that statement. Regardless. All they are, are bastards. They are bastards <laughs> in these movies. Well, I mean, here it's so like if are you telling me now like if there was a serious thing that he needed to get done that Cheech Marin and Jake Busey's job as a cop is so conditional that they wouldn't help him because oh well you didn't buy that twenty five dollar calendar. Well, they prove later in the movie they're terrible cops. <laughs> Jingle all the way. <laughs> That's another one where the cop is a buffoon. Yeah. Right, but he's actually he's actually in the right the whole time. Yeah, but he's still an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He says he was on the bomb squad, and then he can't identify a bomb. <laughs> not not a good look, bud. Nope. So the carolers sing in front of their house. Um, Frohmeyer shows up and makes them sing like maniacs, all to the point <laughs> where they for- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forcing the cranks to hide out in their ba- basement. Um, we have a montage of some shenanigans while. Luther ice the walk, so the next time the carolers show up, they slip, among other things uh, of less interest. Then Norla goes to the children's hospital to read to some kids. Luther shows up with uh, a ridiculous-looking face, and they go to lunch, and he says that he got Botox. Uh, yeah, at this, this point, is the height of Botox. Yeah, it's the joke, guys. This is like mid-early 2000s. That's when the Botox jokes were really, really hitting their stride. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, they were short-lived, unfortunately. 
At this point, Nora is fed up with Luther's attitude. She says he's he only cares about himself at this point. He's he's acting really weird, basically, and uh, she's kind of tired of his his attitude, basically. Um, and then we get to Christmas Eve. Uh, the cranks are packing for their trip, and Blair calls out of the blue to tell them that she's coming home for Christmas, like today. She's in Miami. She's already landed, and she'll be home by 8 p.m. that night. Um, with her new fiance Enrique, um, she Terrible. asks if there's Terrible. There. You you don't do that, right? Yeah. And this just reaffirms that Tim Allen's not wrong. He has a <laughs> terrible daughter. He lives in a terrible neighborhood. He has a very <laughs> she's not not a terrible wife, but a very difficult wife to be with. So that this man is just looking for a way out. <laughs> he should <laughs> just he should just drove, kept driving. <laughs> kept driving, like got in his car and never looked back. You should have joined the Peace Corps. Should have joined the Peace Corps. <laughs> that's the that's the the lesson here. If you want to get away from your family, just join the Peace Corps. Right, as this movie was just uh, sponsored by the Peace Corps. <laughs> right. We're a thing. <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks. Sponsored by the Peace Corps. We're a thing. <laughs> That'd be a great slogan. For Peace Corps. <laughs> I, I I mean, their respect would go up a little bit for me. If that, if that was their slogan, like he, you know, the the uh, the army is be all that you can be. The the, the coast guard is uh, what is it? The the first line of defense. I have no idea. <laughs> and then the peace I, corps. I would have went marines first, but I I couldn't tell you honestly. <laughs> honestly, but I I know uh, be all that you can be is the army. That's as far okay. as I know. Few the proud the marines. Yeah, the few the proud the marines, and then the peace corps. We're a thing. <laughs> Navy is, you know, you could sell the seven seas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's just, that's a, that's the song. Um, <laughs> it's an ancient um, sea chanty. Yeah. Put your mind at ease. <laughs> and they want uh, all I know. Yep. Yeah, and they uh, also get away with uh, some jokes that probably wouldn't make it in 2019. You know, just. Like what? People would have thought, no, just about uh, his reaction to his name. Oh, Enrique. Uh, Enrique. I don't remember know? the reaction. And, and, was, and, and would only only recognize them when they said a more white name. It was oh, like, oh no. Ricky. You know. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's sort of borderline. Thing. Wasn't terrible. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think they probably wouldn't be able to get away with, you know, in today's culture. Sure. Okay. With it, and also the scene at the airport. Uh-huh. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> with um, signs. Yeah. So she asks if they're still having the Christmas party, and Nora says yes, they do. They are going to have it, and so they have to go into full Christmas mode in just a handful of hours. So uh, Luther goes to the Christmas tree farm to get a tree. He gets gouged for $75 by the scouts for something Charlie Brown wouldn't buy. And by the time he gets home, all all the branches are now bald, so he manages to find his neighbor Wes who is packing up his car car to go spend his Christmas with the in-laws and he kind of convinces Wes to give him his tree for the next two days um, and he enlists the help of Spike who is um, Fromeyer's son played by uh, the kid from Malcolm in the Middle Eric middle. Sullivan yeah. and they tr- help try to get the tree together to bring it over to the Crank's house and one of their neighbors spots him and calls the cops. Meanwhile, Nora goes to the supermarket to try and find a glazed honey ham. Uh, she, ham. Yep. 
She gets knocked over by a woman that's also trying to get one, and then she finds another one that a guy is about to buy, um, Andy Daly specifically. Uh, but he says no until she offers to pay for his kid's college education. So that's <laughs> so, an expensive ham. Well, there you go. I didn't even think of that. So they definitely spent over 6000 Yeah. Um, yeah. And is I just more of a outside the movie question here. Um, is is a canned ham more of a Midwest thing? Because, I don't know. It was so weird to me. It's yeah. pretty gross is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know it's that old David Letterman joke from the 90s where mm. he used to give it out to, you know, people in the audience as like a joke. Sure. Like, who wants a canned ham? You know, you know, yeah. him being from Indiana. And I think this movie was set in at least that part of the country. I'm like, I was guessing this was Chicago because the, the tree I thought has it was Minnesota. The tree has Chicago Bears ornaments on it. Oh, OK, well, okay. Oh, still the same general area as. Yeah. You know, but could have um, been Illinois. It didn't have to be yeah. Chicago. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, this is where the, the this the the part of the movie where it goes from bad to awful in my opinion because i liked the idea of them just trying to survive their neighbors up until the the vacation but when it turns out that uh the the uh, the daughter's coming back and then they kick it into christmas mode then it becomes just like slapstick comedy yeah and it, it doesn't hit you know yeah it's just, it's just really bad slapstick comedy like uh jamie lee curtis sliding down the the driveway sliding down the uh parking lot to get the ham and you know the the, the foot race to get the ham and the old tim allen falling off the roof everyone falls off a roof in christmas movies at one point yeah. or the other so it, it just becomes a hacky slapstick comedy at that point yeah that joke would have been a lot funnier if everybody gathered to see the frosty and then the frosty fell and was like hung by the rope and then it killed someone. That would have been great. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> it, take it, it a step further. It kills Vic Frommeyer. Yeah. <laughs> Which is to have, you know, just that, that imagery there. because. But then again, I guess they were in the mode where they were in let's get Christmas done mode instead of, you know, that would have been the opposite of what the scenes were going for at that point. But yeah, that's where I thought they were going by him tying the rope around its neck instead of its body. Okay. Nope. Yeah. That's not where it went, though. Um, so the cops show up as Luther and Spike from Iris Kid are moving the, the Christmas tree across the street and Spike runs off and Luther is in trouble. Meanwhile, Nora's honey ham falls out of her grocery bag and rolls down the parking lot and then gets destroyed by an oncoming truck. Uh, then we get a scene where Luther is in the back of the squad car, but Spike shows up and convinces the cops that it wasn't a burglary. He had full permission because they have the keys. And Nora comes home. She sees the tree. She hates the tree. And she had to replace the honey ham with smoked trout. Then Blair calls and asks for her favorite pie. Just adding to everything else that these two need to do. Nora rushes to the liquor store for more party supplies. She runs into a weird old man that she doesn't know but knows a lot about her. Bites him to the party anyway and he accepts. Um, Luther starts putting... Yeah, I guess at this point with with the old man thing was at, at this point like she had found out that everybody had already made plans that she would normally invite mm-hmm. so she was just in desperate mode yeah sure come i yeah. just need people at the house sure <laughs> uh so loser starts putting up frosty by himself which attracts the attention of the neighborhood Fromeyer and his family show up um walt and bev and a bunch of other people 
Eventually, uh, he's putting it up by himself. Frosty tips over and falls off the roof. Luther gets caught in ropes and saves life before he hits the ground. Frosty smashes into a million pieces. And eventually, the cops, firemen, and ambulance show up. Uh, eventually, he gets cut down uh, by the firemen, who do not do a great job of cutting him down. And then Luther kind of tells Frohmeyer about the whole situation about Blair coming home for Christmas. And Frohmeyer gathers the neighbors in order to get the party off the ground. He starts uh, employing everybody, trying to get this party happening. Um, someone's going to bring ham. Um, cops are going to go pick up Blair from the airport and escort her back. And every, everybody's going to whip up the um, Cranks household to get ready for Christmas. It's really all about everybody coming together at Christmas time and supporting the Cranks because they've been friends and neighbors for years. And even in this moment, uh, Fro Meyer is just a complete jerk while doing this. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why does everyone have a hard on for Blair? Right? Yeah, it's like I she's the, like, oh the, my God, like Blair? the Virgin Mary. Like the Virgin Mary's coming. Right. Like, oh, we gotta get it done now. Blair's coming back. He he's essentially he, Dan Aykroyd is driving down the street. Blair's coming home. Blair's coming home. And everyone, oh, Blair's coming home. Dear God. Well, I guess the one throwaway line he has in his speech is that she babysitted all their kids. Uh, you know, like that's we, the justification line. Blair's a terrible daughter, okay? She's awful. She for, Again, I know we harped on this. She joined the Peace Corps. She's <laughs> marrying some guy who she just kind of met. Uh, they were ruined, friends before. Oh, great. I'm sure they went to Brown together. They went to Brown together. I don't buy that. <laughs> He's a doctor. <laughs> maybe, maybe he is. But, I mean, you can't just surprise your, your parents like that. That's awful. Yeah. No matter what, you you know, what, well, what decade. I'll say one, one thing in her defense is that I don't think she would have ever fathomed that their parents wouldn't do Christmas. Sure. So it didn't seem like, it seemed like a good surprise to her. Like, she had no idea what was going on, you know. I, I really wish, I'm sorry. What, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't think they would have realized what um, was going on with the cranks back in the neighborhood. So she didn't really see it as a bad surprise. Mm-hmm, right. You know, she was more in it for the good surprise. Um, this is the one point where I thought they were going to go the normal way of this is what would hit her coming back would uh, reveal the real reason why Tim Allen was, you know, being the way he was, was because he just couldn't bear christmas without blair you know there instead of the like ant said his only motivation is that he got wet while getting chocolate like i a reveal you know that's what i thought would happen um we have another segment where i'll go a little deeper into that that we do on here but um yeah this was you know the 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 point in the movie where i think they were trying to drag it out because they wanted to do the the revelation like at the last possible moment in the movie Rather than mm. just having it play, you know, they seemed like they were just playing along the string until they had that final scene that we'll get to. Yep. Uh, so Blair calls while they're prepping the party. Plane landed early. So impossible. Yep. So <laughs> that cops, happens on Christmas Eve. The cops are told to stall uh, their arrival and the random old guy shows up at the party. No one knows who he is. And uh, Blair and Enrique land. They look for the cop. They look for their her parents, and they only find Cheech Marin and Jake Busey holding up signs. 
and one of them spells out Enrique as N dot Ricky. Yeah. Um, no, Ricky R E E K Y. Right. Um, hilarious. Yeah. And when they're proud. Yep. So cops, while driving them back, uh, as they were told to stall, um, cops are driving slow, like 10 miles an hour. And Cheech says, basically, because the roads are icy and they got to get home safe. And they also stop off um, by foiling a robbery while Blair and Enrique are in the back. Um, After trying to make it a fake thwarting of a robbery. Yeah, they accidentally foil a robbery. Um, and this shows when they're really terrible cops because all Cheech Marin's doing is stop mm-hmm. with the flashlight. Yep. So uh, they arrive home and everybody's happy to see Blair. Um, Spike is outside um, and the robber who's sitting in the back seat of the car, the robber convinces him to let him out of the car so he gets some food for his, his family. And Spike is like, all right, well, no funny business. And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, at the party, old man, Mar- old man, who we find out his name is Marty, introduces himself to Blair and Enrique. And Marty and Enrique bond over Peru and sing a song in Spanish together. Then uh, Enrique, after the song, he gives a speech, which is very nice and heartfelt. And then Nora gives a speech, and is nice and heartfelt. And Luther gives a short speech, which is not nice and not heartfelt. Um, but it was great. Meanwhile, the robber sneaks upstairs. Um, and everyone's ha- celebrating and having a good time, except for Luther, who's sitting in the kitchen by himself. Nora finds him, and he's uh, he's still bitter about having to miss the cruise. He's like, you know, we could still make it. We'll just give the kid, the kid, and uh, we'll give Blair and Enrique the house for the week, and we'll just go on our cruise. We'll both have romantic vacations together, like separate. And Nora's like, well, our daughter just came home, flew thousands of miles to be with us for Christmas, and you're you're saying that we're gonna leave her. Um, you're ruining Christmas basically by being kind of an asshole, Luther. In more ways than more in different words than that, but essentially that's what she's saying. And I think this is this is where I lose Luther, um, because he's still pining for that cruise after he gives that that shitty speech after everyone pulled together to help him out of a jam, and it's just kind of a shitty moment for him. I, I side with Luther, man. <laughs> I would be so angry at this whole thing. I mean, we had plans. I'm not changing my plans just because something like that happened. This was essentially Tim Allen gave in, man. He gave in to the the whole peer pressure of Christmas. No, it's it's not. One hundred percent. No, did. he How does he, it. No, he does it to keep about? up a lie. What that's was the, the only reason? That's the only reason why he doesn't he doesn't give in to make everybody else happy. He gives it so he could lie his to his daughter. daughter. Yeah. But what he could have told the, he could he could told the daughter from the get go, like once they found that out. I don't know how you get in touch with someone from the Peace Corps, but it's 2004. I'm sure they had phones in Peru. We were like, oh well, you know what? Mom and mom and me decided we we're gonna go on a cruise for Christmas. Boom. She doesn't yeah. surprise them. She doesn't come home. She spends time with Enrique's family for whatever, whatever the fuck. Um, and they're they're scot free. I still think that him going to the neighbors asking for this, because then it just justifies the neighbors pushing them. Like, oh, all right, well, now we finally get to do what we wanted to do the entire time to hit their house. Well, he he didn't actually ask. Vic kind of just said they were doing it for Blair. I thought one of them asked for help. Nope. 
No, oh, okay. was, yeah. Yeah, no point did he ask for help. And that's why that's why Nora's more mad. It's like, hey, you were still being a jerk a little bit, and they still decided to help anyway. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know. Well, if, so if he didn't ask for help, then why are they butting in? Because, because they want it. They be, yeah, that, that's the whole point, is that their they're, uh, neighbors, who they have been nothing but, you know, kind of, they, they've been at odds for an entire month with each other, uh, have decided to come together to help them give their daughter the Christmas that she expects when she walks through the door. Oh, I can't I can't side with that. That's not their business. I don't care if they're neighbors. Really. Would you expect your neighbor to do that? Would you be happy if they did that? I I think if I've I've created a situation where now I'm stuck in a lie well, that now I have no way out of it, I could either come clean, which is probably the way to go, or you let these people help you. You're right at the goal line, and you know put have the have yeah. I well, I, I don't I don't think the resolution here is like there's no revelation for him yet. There's a revelation at the end. But this isn't a revelation. It's like, you know what? I'd actually do miss Christmas. It's uh, my wife lied to my kid about us having this party. So now I have to make good in like six hours to try and get everything that I've been putting off for a month. Deciding not to do it. And that's not on him. Well, then he could just say, no, I'm not doing it. And he should have. He he was literally on the phone. He was on the phone on the other line. So it's like, yeah, no, we're not having the party. Yeah. And I I really think he should have. You made plans. It's not your fault. The, yeah. you're, you shouldn't have to change your plan just because your shit kid decided to come home for no reason. <laughs> I, 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 again, I'm looking at this purely as if I were in his shoes, I'd be furious right now. First of all, my daughter's getting married or she's engaged to some guy I barely know. She didn't. No one asked for my permission. Second, I spent money on a cruise that I've been dying to go on. Third, everyone's been acting terribly towards me. And now they're in my house. First, Th- of I mean all, that's terrible. She's an adult. She's not your property. She's still my daughter. <laughs> you know, doesn't need shit. She doesn't need permission from you to do shit. <laughs> You're supposed to it's ask. True. Come on. <laughs> supposed to? What is this? 1942? Well, I believe we all, all present that are married. I believe we all asked the father of the bride to. I, I don't even know if you did or not, <laughs> but. I think well, he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But just so. let's just say um, there was some wise words spoken by Magic Exclamation Point that said, "Why do you have to be so rude? Gonna marry her anyway." <laughs> well, now that just your whole thing crumbles because they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring them into it. Uh, I just, yeah, I think but... I think this was really just. Tim Allen, Luther is a broken man at this point. His something that he really was looking forward to was dashed because right. it's com- it's completely selfish. He can't at that moment he can't recognize everything that those people did for him that he didn't like ask people, for. But that I, but no, well he didn't ask for it, but he was trying to accomplish something and he wouldn't have accomplished it without their help. And I think he, that would have made goal, it a better movie. Maybe so, but. In that moment, Luther's goal is to get this party off without a hitch, right? It's, he doesn't it's get more Nora's goal, but he is in—he is trying to do that. He's the one that goes. He takes a tree from across the street from someone else's house to bring it over, right? He does. He's complicit in that. 
he has agreed that they are going to set up this party. And when he falls off the roof, at that point, he has resigned himself that this is probably not going to happen. Until yeah. Frohmeyer decides he's going to use his power as this unofficial leader of the neighborhood to whip everybody up into a frenzy to get give Blair the Christmas that her parents want desperately to give to her. I, I just think this is a bad message for a Christmas movie. Uh, I, I get what they're trying to say is that the power of of a neighborhood can do anything when they you know they come together and it's the power of friendship and just coming together i get it but why can't they just be why can't they just understand that this is what they wanted to do this whole time right all right uh the cranks want to go on this vacation understandable that's fine we're not going to give you a hard time about it all of a sudden thing all of a sudden things change and like oh well we have to spring into action now it's our duty it's not your duty if the if they wanted the help. They they could have asked for it. I think if I think the, the the message of the movie would have been so much better if they fail to make the party and get the the, the decorations up. Blair comes home to a, you know a house a, a bear house and the whole point is like oh well you know I'm not here for the parties and all that. I'm here because I didn't want to spend Christmas without you guys. And that's that's more Christmassy than. Oh, where we have to do this, we have to put up the decorations and all that. That's because it's so materialistic. I suppose. I I think your point is that you know this this movie doesn't do what they're trying to do very well. I think you know it's right. If you're saying that the the whole point of it is that you know there is a sense of community that comes along with these particular people at Christmas time, and Luther doesn't see that until they make this grand gesture at the end and that's that's what we're supposed to get out of it you know christmas brings everybody together um and that theme was done supremely better and it's a wonderful life (laughs) yes right (laughs) that exact theme is that you know this guy is on the verge of going to jail right until the relationships he's cultivated over his entire life that he has felt like his life has been completely in 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 inconsequential um comes back in the nick of time to save him and show him that Everything he's done for everybody comes back and it pays off at the end. Um, yeah, we don't need. We have the only thread that ties the cranks to the other neighbors is Blair, and we're never we're never really shown that outside of oh yeah, Blair used to babysit our kids, but we we don't know how uh, like Luther may have done something for you know Vic or Nora mm-hmm. did something for Bev. It's never really shown. The only thing it's really shown is like Tim Allen's a dick. Yeah, I I think I I agree with you. I think it's a it's a message that they don't they don't earn at the end. Yeah. That like mm-hmm. like from the first and second first and second acts they don't set it up properly. Um, you know he come every every character we meet he we start off with a level of animosity towards them. Yeah. Um, you know, we we meet Vic Frohmeyer and he's kind of set up as the antagonist in the movie. We meet Walt and they're already kind of jabbing at each other. We meet, you know, the Boy Scouts and he, you know, tells them to get lost. We meet the cops and he tells them to get lost. It's a whole bunch of people that he could he'd rather not see as far as I'm concerned, like ever again. Um, sure. Yeah. So I, mean, I think. Go, go ahead, Mark. Uh, uh, I was going to say 
the the problem they had is they made the neighbors all jerks as well. Right. If they would have made them, you know, even, you know, maybe maybe Vic is just a guy that loves Christmas too much or something. Instead of being it's a sl- a semi bully, maybe you a full on bully. No, a <laughs> semi bully. I thought you were gonna say slut at first. No, no. <laughs> Me too, and that would have been great. Well, that's Dan Aykroyd. He's a, a slut for Christmas. Not Dan Aykroyd. He's a slut for ghosts, though. Remember that time he got a blowjob in Ghostbusters? Oh, how could yeah. I forget? It's the best um, part of the movie, fellas. But yeah, if they would have made, if they would have made the neighbors a little more likable, um, then they even, you know, then everything comes together and works out pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, but you know, they they went for to make it more of a comedy. In terms of they needed all those, you know, comedic foils and stuff like that, or at least they thought they were going for that, you know, between Vic and then him and the neighbor and then him and the policeman. And, you know, it was it was all meant to just be a bunch of little little comedy moments rather than trying to make the whole narrative fit together. Um, I think when I would imagine with Ant bringing it up when Chris Columbus wrote this movie. He probably had it. It's Wonderful Life in mind because there's there's even or specifically John Grisham. Yeah, or John Grisham. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Based off of the. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the book is called. Skipping it's like Christmas. a way for uh, skipping, skipping Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, it, it hits on just about all those themes. I didn't even think about that until Ant brought it up. Um, how it slightly mirrors that uh, movie. But yeah, I think that's the main thing where it fails um, is that. You know, they make the they make you hate the neighbors as well as Tim Allen. And then at the end, you're really you're partially just rooting like even Nora becomes unlikable. Um, you know, the, the only redeemable character is the guy that ends up getting frozen on the roof because they tell him to hide behind the frosty. Right. And he never comes down. <laughs> that would be great if they just left him there all night. <laughs> I would have loved it. It's, yeah, I, I agree. I think if if neither the cranks nor the neighbors are likable why am i gonna care that they come to his aid and that's why it made me feel like oh they 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 got what they wanted you know instead of it being a true oh you know we're we're gonna help him out because we care about them you didn't you never cared about them throughout the whole movie you were just pestering them uh yeah and so luther is sitting there uh, stewing in his own sadness at the kitchen table he looks out the window and he can see across the street or Walt and Bev are having a Christmas dinner alone together. So he decides to kind of go over there and he brings them a ham, which they accept, but uh, Walt is allergic to ham. Um, and they say, thank you for the gesture. And he, he leaves, but then he looks through his own window and he sees his wife and his daughter and his neighbors and his, his new soon to be son-in-law having a great time. And he, kind of realizes that that's what Christmas is all about. He doesn't need to go on this cruise. He has everything he wants right in his house as he was as he's looking there. So he he kind of makes a U-turn and goes back to Walt and Bev's house and he says, you know, uh Blair's Blair's going to be home for 10 days, so we really can't go on the cruise. So why don't you two go on it? I don't have any um insurance on these tickets, so they're just going to go to waste if nobody goes on them. And uh you know, they start mm, even that line doesn't allow him to be fully redeemed. True. Yeah, because he doesn't really want to give it away. I think yeah. it's more they're looking for because they give a bunch of excuses of why they can't do it. Uh, you know, like oh well, 
their son Ben might he said he might stop by and like well well I got stuff at work that I might have to do and like uh, the cat and he's like well you know it's kind right. of like leaning into like well you know it'd be it'd be it'd be rude of you not to take these tickets from me more more than anything yeah now yeah he's really giving them the guilt trip now yeah right yeah. like oh come on they're gonna go to waste well, we'll okay. you know my doctor might not let me that's a great I, point <laughs> i i guess the uh i guess if they didn't you know drive home the fact that he was worried about money the entire time that line wouldn't have stood out to me as much sure i guess he's kind yeah. of He's he's giving them a reason as they would expect him to think, you know. Yeah. I, I okay. But yeah, that was that was one thing where I was like, ah, you're starting to make me think that if he could have turned in these tickets, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> so they eventually agree that they'll take the tickets. He says he'll figure out, he'll handle all the other the the logistics of changing the names and all that stuff. Just you know, guys, just be there two hours before noon tomorrow um so he walks out and he's about to go into his house and then they the um neighbor that's stuck on the roof um yells out to him so he goes to help that guy and inside spike sees that the robber is upstairs rifling through the stuff and then he calls for the cops and they sneak out the roof he sneaks out the roof jumps down off the roof right in front of uh, luther and then santa hits him with an umbrella and we find out that marty the creepy old guy that nobody knew was the Santa from the beginning who was offering umbrellas and he might be the real Santa, Santa. or the angel from <laughs> it's wonderful life or the you. angel baby from <laughs> Santa with one soul. I'll tell you what, I'm glad we resolved that B story of the robber. Yep. Oh uh, man, that was so integral to this film. Yeah. It was couldn't have done it without it. Yeah. There yeah, was could have ended four minutes earlier yeah i just want to know where the hell he changed unless if the joke was that he since he may be the real santa that he could just instantly change his clothes into santa so that's that's what santa that's santa's deal man it's no joke so if i mean tim allen did make three movies about it right watching watching this movie and then like you said marty kind of he drives off in his buggy and then you see it flying through the sky as he says merry christmas if i saw this in the theater I would have yelled boo the entire time. <laughs> I may have laughed out loud. <laughs> boo this movie. <laughs> so play, was it, is that Dave Chappelle and Boo yeah, this man. man. <laughs> yes, I, I would have I would have loudly booed. Yeah. Uh and and that's Christmas with the Cranks. I don't love this movie at all. Um I don't hate it as much as Dan does. Um and I don't love it as much as Mark does. I I, um, I don't like the movie. I like the opposite of the, like, the reasons Dan hates it, or, you know, or probably, I'm like, ah, I, I side more with the other side on it, but yeah. I still don't think it's a great movie. Throughout this movie, there are definitely things that uh, Luther Crank did wrong, uh, excuse me, did wrong. Um, he definitely could have handled things differently, but at the end, he made a choice, right, and Nora agreed, we're going to go on this vacation, and she bails on him. She should have her man's back, and she bails on him. And that's the that's the worst part of this movie to me. She never has his back, right? He's he's the one who's trying to get her away from that empty nest syndrome. Like, listen, Blair's not going to be here. We should take a trip. 
everyone's being terrible to to us and he's defending her and he's trying to help her out and then when she when he needs her the most she's gone and to me this is just the story of a husband who doesn't really get what he wants in life and it just it crushes him at the end <laughs> i guess we could slightly transition into the you know make this better but uh <laughs> well uh, i'll just say that the 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 there is no sequel to this movie, obviously, because Luther must have committed suicide shortly after this movie, based on what Dan's reading is of this. I, th- I think he just, I think he just laid down in the middle of the road and never woke up. He went to sleep and didn't wake up. <laughs> That'd be great if you could just turn off like that. <laughs> and and Nora probably didn't give a shit. She's too busy entertaining those fake guests. Like, oh, has anyone seen Luther? Oh, he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Let's let's sing another uh, song for my uh, soon-to-be uh, son-in-law, who I really just met. I I I was just I was angry at how everyone uh, interacts with the cranks, and then all of a sudden they're touted as the good guys, and I don't think you deserve that. I don't think any of them deserve that. Um, yeah, that that's yeah. Uh, I I really wanted <laughs> Luther. When when it was his his turn to give a speech, I wanted him to give a kind of like Chevy Chase in uh, sure. Christmas Vacation speech, like, uh, just freak out on everyone. Like, yeah, you know you guys harassed the shit out of me this entire month, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to you know bend down and kiss your ass. Well, you guys can uh, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah. out of my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how Dan would make this movie better. Mark, yeah. how would you make this movie better? I, I, I alluded to it earlier. I would have had it been that uh, his realization um, would have been that he just didn't want to be home and around what that neighborhood does because Blair, his daughter, wasn't going to be there. You know, right. sort of like you, you mentioned the empty nest stuff, but they don't really dive into that. You know, it just, you know, just becomes if, if they would have dove into that a little bit more that maybe she's she might get a little clingy to the holiday because she wants everything to be the same, even though she's, not, you know, she's not there and he's the opposite. And then they both realize, you know, at, at some point that uh, their their attitudes were all because of, you know, the daughter not being there. Um, the, the one issue I have with the end of Dan's thing is that, um, you know, that that speech, if you play the movie out and then he just does that speech, um, he also now will have to have a scene with his daughter going, wait, what do you mean? You guys weren't didn't do all this for Christmas, you know, part of it, which I think adds a whole different layer to now he, on top of screaming at his neighbors. He's also disappointed his daughter, <laughs> which I don't Good. read as as selfish as Luther comes across at times. I don't read him as someone that would want to disappoint his daughter. Well, that's and, probably you know. one of the reasons she decided to marry some random dude because she was never told no. <laughs> she got everything she wanted. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is definitely a darker version. <laughs> And I would have rather have seen that. Dan, have you said all you can say about how, what would make this movie better for you? Uh, well, I'd get rid of the robber because he was useless. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd also get rid of Marty because he was useless as well. Um, uh, and if, if I'm going full dark, I'm going to say Bev doesn't have cancer. It's a ploy <laughs> from the from <laughs> made up by the town. Probably Vic uh from Meyer. 
comes up to Bev and just says, listen, you got cancer. And she's like, well, I don't <laughs> want to say that. Nope, it's too late. You're do- you you got cancer now. Okay, well, if it'll keep the cranks here. And I think that's where it goes. And then they just, they guilt the shit out of the cranks. And then he finds out he doesn't have cancer and he freaks out. And <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, I think I think I lean more towards uh, Mark uh, that try like I think you could keep the the theme that it's trying to go for at the end about, you know, community coming together. I think you need to flesh that out a little bit and make it earn, earned um, because you really don't side with the the neighbors at all through the movie. And then they, you know, they they come up in the 11th hour and they help it out. Great. But. I think you should see you should be able to see what the value what each neighbor what the value of each neighbor is like maybe it's like oh well she makes the best hams or whatever like that and kind of you yeah. know show redeemable qualities in each of them that shows like oh well you know they came up and they stepped up and you know it's really really the cranks that were cranks when it come all said and done something like that I don't know yeah or I, just I agree. Or just have like the mur- like the the hot fuzz um, greater good sort of scenario right. where the the neighborhood is killing off people that don't um, celebrate Christmas and they have to deal with that. That's That'd be also story. good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's gonna be it. You guys want to plug your shit? Make yes. quick. Uh, yeah, uh, Dequino122 is my Twitter. Follow me there and follow Stranger Damies on Twitter at Stranger Damies and on Instagram at Stranger Damies. That's it for me. Yeah, so uh, Stranger Damies, uh, the podcast airs every Wednesday. Um, I With the new camera setup and all that, uh, we may shift the video date off just so I have a little bit more time to uh, edit videos um, than trying to do it all at one time. Um, I'm getting better. Still an amateur at it, but um, I'm thinking that might be a better way of doing it. But so look out, uh, the YouTube will uh, be up as well, and you'll get to see um, me twice on the screen, um, if, that, if that was your kink. Uh, so <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have episodes on the eves, um, or no, on the days. Wednesdays are the days. Um, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, um, episodes 92 and 93. Um, and then, yeah, just look out. We're, uh, you know, barreling towards episode 100, and... Uh, you know, it's it's been a wild ride, but uh, it's been definitely fun. Um, and Dan, I apologize if people tweet at you ninja or samurai anytime this week. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this is uh, They Called This a Movie. You can find us at theycalledthismovie.podbean.com. Uh, we are themaindamie.com. You can find us at themaindamie.com, where we post there, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at themaindamie. Um, you can also, if you're listening on any podcast streaming app, just search for They Called This Movie. We'll pop right up. We are proud members of Geek Vibes Nation, who are at gbnation.com is their main site, and Geek Vibes Nation on any podcast streaming app. And they got a bunch of great shows that we do, as well as some we don't do. So if you have a hobby, you like, you have a few things you like, you might uh, take the take a listen to some of their shows. They got a whole bunch of different things for different tastes um sometimes we pop up on some of their other shows but even if we don't uh there's something to listen to um that's gonna wrap it up um i I, i'm at antelvec on twitter you could find me there uh the main day the main day me at gmail.com is our 
Gmail. Uh, send us a idea of a movie that we want to watch, you want us to watch, or whatever. Um, I think next week might be a week off for us. I'm not sure. We might get try and get one in, but um, it'll be a surprise yeah. if 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 we do. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, I think we'll definitely at least be off one of these two weeks coming yeah. up the holiday. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up. Uh, this was Christmas with the Cranks. It was directed by Joe Roth. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Davicchio telling director Joe Roth to go fuck himself. <laughs>